to the Focused Females Global Chat Cafe, celebration of 10 years of the Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio Network. I'm your host, C. Maria Wall, a.k.a. the Mediating Shiro, right here at our ground zero. If you notice, I went back to my old introduction because so much has happened 
in this year. I'm going to bring on my co-host, Shauna G. And welcome to those of you who are joining us in our call query. And, of course, those of you, Allie B, I see is over in our show uh, chat room along with Shauna G. And um, so many of you who are listening to our players, uh, this is a celebration day. It's the kickoff of our celebration of 10 years of healing through hurt. And today, I don't know why our chimes aren't working. Let's try this again. And our chimes are not working. So, it figures something would go wrong today, but we're going to keep it moving because if my voice sounds a little raspy today, it's because I'm a little bit under the weather and I have a full day, meaning the minute that this show ends, I will be hitting the road uh, and not coming back until much, much later. Uh, a few weeks ago, of course, um, we were supposed to have inclement weather that never happened, and a lot of arrangements were changed, and now I'm playing catch-up. So, Sister Shauna, good morning to you today. Um, good morning, good morning, I'm, good morning, I'm, everyone. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, today... As I said, it's a celebration, people, but it's also a day of remembrance. Um, And what I want to do, Shauna, today is to start off, because for those of you all over the world, I'm sure that you've already heard that there was such a tragedy this week um, with the death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter that I thought that I would start off the show because there's so many emotions running high across social media that um, today I wanted us to give respect in the best way possible. So this morning, the first thing I want us to do is say the names of the victims and pay respect. And then we'll jump right into our program. Um, And then we'll go from there. Because today is such a... A special day. You might be hearing from some of our former guests who are going to be giving updates on what's happened in 10 years of their lives. Some guests you will see on future shows, um, other guests. We are just going to get some updates from, but today we're going to start off paying remembrance and respect to the lives lost earlier in the Bryant uh, helicopter crash. So a special respect to John and to Altabelli, Carrie Altabelli, Alyssa Altabelli, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester. Ara Zabayan, Christina Mauser, and Kobe and Gianna Bryant. So that's the way that I thought about honoring the lives lost that have left 
so many people feeling some kind of way is the best way that I can put it at this point. And as I said, this show was supposed to be about celebration, and it's also a show about remembrance and respect because of the sadness of the loss that happened earlier. Yeah, it was and a great tragedy. That, it was yeah, a great it tragedy. Was, but the tributes that we've been seeing, um, you know, one of the heartfelt ones from LeBron at the game, you know, it's just amazing um, outpour of people helping each other heal through the process, um, you know, come to grips in the reality, and just the understanding that, you know, life is so short and undetermined. And I think and to that, um, express love. And again, this show is going to put a different spin on um, what we're seeing going on because so many people have started to question God and why this happened and things of that nature. But today is about one particular aspect of all of this is that so many people, and I spoke about this earlier, and Allie B's uh, editorial for today is going to lead us into our program, Shauna. Um, And for all of our listeners, wherever you are, so many people now are jumping out of the woodworks because death tends to make people think that or believe that it's time for them to clear the slate across the board, go back to whomever has hurt you, who's disrespected you, whatever it may be. So many people say, oh, if you got beef with this person and that person, clear that slate. I'm not saying this is everyone's choice to do so, but there are times, and again, divine timing put this show together because we're going to catch up on two things because two of my posts from my motivation and inspiration um, took off this week. They took on a life of their own. Add the fact that overnight, Allie B. sent her editorial. We're going to keep this show moving because I see that um, someone has jumped on our call query who, um, if you'd like to be on air, press the number one on your phone, and I'll definitely bring you on when we're done with all of these transitional uh, introductions uh, so that you can talk to us. She was one of my very first guests on Healing Through Hurt, I Talk Radio. I believe she was show number three or four. So we're talking about 10 years worth of healing and hope. And okay, she's pressed the number one. I'll bring you on in a moment. So right now I want to jump into, um, let's do something on a lighter note, something different. So we always want to give our shout-outs to those countries and provinces and areas who tend to, okay, my computer is going really haywire here. While it's getting itself together, we always give respect and shout-outs to the countries and provinces who um, have continually given us support over the years. And for once, I decided to alphabetize it and put it in a nice little neat order for us. And we do have a new area today that um, first time ever. So again, special shout out to Algeria, Australia, Brazil, Cambodia, Canada, 
Chile, China, Denmark, France, Germany, Greece, India, Indonesia, Jamaica, Japan, Kenya, Macau, Malaysia, Mexico, New Zealand, Pakistan, the Philippines, Romania, Russia, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, South Korea, Spain, Sweden, Thailand, Trinidad and Tobago, Turkey, the United Kingdom, the United States. Uh, Let's see. Wow, the United States is taking up a lot of this list. (laughs) Uh, We have some places that are unknown, so we don't know who you are, but welcome, welcome, and thank you as well. And Vietnam rounds out our list in a special, special welcome, first time ever to the Ivory Coast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our listeners there. And Shauna, this year I decided to do something different. Um, I was just sitting around and I said, okay, let's, um, I wanted to see where people are listening from, what, what they're using to connect with us. And, um, some of these things I've never heard of before. So again, for those of you on Apple podcasts, hello, 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 blogtalkradio.com. Those of you listening in from our player, hello to you too. Uh, let's see. Breaker, never heard of Breaker, but hello, Castbox. Don't have to Google that one. Hello, <laughs> Castbox. Never heard of Castbox, but hello, Chrome. Of course, Google Chrome. A lot of people listening in through Chrome. Um, Chromecast. Uh, uh, podcast. Don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> Edge, I'm assuming that's Microsoft Edge. Hello, Firefox listeners, generic Android applications, Google Podcasts, a lot of cool Google Podcasts, um, Headless Chrome, don't know what that is, Himalaya, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Internet Explorer, iTunes, lots of iTunes, LAVF, don't know what LAVF is, but hey, a lot of those. Thank you for joining Mixcloud, mixcloud.com, uh, Opera, Player FM, Welcome, Podbean, um, Podcast Addict, Hello, Podcast Addict, Hello, Podcast.com, Safari, Samsung Browser, um, Stock Android Browsers. These are some of the places and a lot of the places where people are connecting with us so hello and thank and thank you to all of these apps for providing this service so that our listeners can reach us. So let me come on up out of that. And thank you all for listening and joining in every week. We do appreciate it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to Google yes, several of those. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be interesting for us to share this for our first show of February for our 10th year anniversary. And wow, we have been around for 10 years, people, 10 years of healing through hurt, 10 whole years. And we're still here. (laughs) We're still here. And we're still here and we're growing and and we're evolving. Yes, Yes. we are. And um, (laughs) let's see, we're going to go over here to 
uh, Allie B's editorial for today. She is away at the game. She is joining us in our show chat room. Um, but she's going to be on mute if she has something to type or write. She'll be bringing it to us there. Um, so I need you all to sit back and really listen to this because this is going to set some of you back because some of you have been conditioned to believe what you hear from the inexperienced experts and the people that are driven by tragedy to tell you what you need to do. So I need you to listen to this editorial, and then I'm going to go over to my Facebook page where I post my morning motivations and inspirations because two of them took on lives of their own during this week. I believe it was the Wednesday and the Thursday posts, and they all tie in together to everything that has happened this week, everything that is going on uh, right now. So this is the editorial. I'm going to be reading it from Allie B. for this week. Allie B. writes, it's okay not to go back. Let me say that again. It's okay not to go back. Last month, a couple of weeks before Christmas, she says, my husband lost a cousin in a horrifically tragic accident. It understandably shocked and unnerved him. He told me about how he had planned to stop by his cousin's house so they could hang out. My husband attended the funeral. When he got back home, we stood in the kitchen and talked. His cousin's death was still weighing on his mind, and we talked about our own mortality and life in general. Would you attend her funeral, he asked. To her, the her to whom he was referring is Allie B's biological mother. She was 19 when she had her, and her parents raised her as their own meaning Allie B's mom's parents, who her grandparents raised her as their own. She said that they do not have a relationship, and after many years and many emotions, she is okay with them not having any interaction. She thought about his question and her response, but it was a no-brainer for her. No, I wouldn't, I said. He looked a little surprised. He is among the minority of folks who believe she and I will reunite and reconcile. But that is not what I want. What he and the others do not understand is that I have accepted the disconnect we have. We will never have a mother-daughter relationship. It took many years to accept my place in her life. And there's no place for me in her life, and there's no place for her in mine. There's no anger or sadness about it. I have made my peace. I told my husband that there would be no reason for me to attend her funeral because I have closed that chapter in my life. Fast forward to Sunday, January 26, 2020. It goes without saying that the shock and profound sadness many people felt when Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven other people perished in a tragic helicopter accident. Shortly after Bryant's untimely death, many people clamored about forgiveness, allowing people back into your life and, make a, and making amends. 
Even Shaquille O'Neal, Bryant's former teammate, said he called up people to try to repair damaged relationships. Death has a way of reminding us that nothing lasts forever, but death should not force us to stir up old problems in the name of making peace. Sometimes in order to have peace about a situation, you must find that peace on your own. I found my peace about my biological mother. I wish her well. Death should not force us to bring back people in our lives because they are family or because they are remorseful. Some situations should not be revisited. Before you pick up that phone and call that person you have not spoken to in ages, think about what wounds you may be reopening. You may have already moved on from the situation, and going back to it may do more harm to you than good. And that is the editorial from Allie B., which, again, now this is our shows are not scripted, people, so there's no way of knowing how they're going to come together, what's going to happen. But these different incidences and pieces as you can see, are lining up perfectly to take us back to a place that so many of us need to understand that it's okay for us to be. Now, this week I did two pieces, as I said, that took on lives of their own, literally. On 129, which was Wednesday, I did Wave Goodbye Wednesday. And the banner said, saying goodbye is the most painful way of solving a problem. Let me say that again. Saying goodbye is the most painful way of solving a problem. And I wrote time for another moment of personal transparency. I've been abused, called out of my name, and made to suffer unimaginable pain in my life. I have apologized for things I did not do to make peace, only to be shunned, lied upon, and forsaken time and time again. When you are hurt by the people who should love you the most, it can only end in one of two ways. And I'm choosing to walk away so that I can breathe and enjoy whatever time I have on this earth. I want to enjoy my life with people who want to enjoy me, having me in theirs. I cried my last tear today. My friend list on social media media will be smaller by this weekend. The moral of my story is that sometimes the only way to find total peace is to walk away and never look back. I refuse to drop to the level of those who hurt me, so no finger pointing here, just my exit announcement. You see, even the teacher hurts at times because my journey of healing through hurt was ongoing. I have come to the end of this road on this our celebration of our 10th anniversary. But the most profound and most popular piece from this week was Through It All Thursday that I did on January the 30th. I wrote yesterday, I spoke about my personal truth and my decision to walk away from those who have, who should have loved me but never did. Today I want to turn the attention back on, back to all of us 
who have made it to the point where we are reading these words and now you're listening to these words. No matter what we have been through, we made it. Through all of it, we are here. We have another chance to make that much-needed change for the better, hopefully. Grab this opportunity to make your lives better. Enjoy the journey to your personal healing through your hurt. Now, I did do a piece earlier in the week that talked about the incident with Kobe and his daughter. And I'll say a little bit about that piece um, because it was from Make Your Monday Matter. I wrote, if you had not heard, L.A. Lakers star Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and several others were killed in a helicopter crash over the weekend. While our hearts go out to the family who lost their loved ones, I want to leave you with this message today because you will see some posts that life is short. We must make up with those we are in disaccord with and so on. I would never tell you to try to make up with people who have hurt you for your entire lives or most of your lives. I will never tell anyone to go back to heartache and pain. What I will say is is that this is your life to make sure you are living the best life possible. Yes, life is short. Make sure you surround yourself with those people who make you feel alive. Enjoy this gift, this gift called life because it could very well end in the next second. Make sure your living mattered is what I wrote. And as you can see, this entire show is all coming around to living our best lives. And only you, within the sound of our voice, can decide if you want to make that peace with people who haven't decided to make peace with you, who haven't changed who and or what they are and what they have done with you. So it's up to you to decide if that's a chance you want to take. Because it can only end in one of two ways. More heartache, pain, and worse. Or maybe, just maybe. You can make that difference, but I can't tell you that. And, Shauna, I told you earlier, I think that this show was about you and I basically talking about our journey for these last 10 years because so much has happened with us. But we do have a guest on the line that I want to bring on right now who was there at the beginning. Uh, she actually brought some of my guests to me. And uh, Susan has been through a lot lately, so I want to bring her on, Shauna, to welcome Susan Guerin to, back to, uh, well, back to the Focus Females Global Chat Cafe here on the Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio Network, because Healing Through Hurt started as a single show, and it grew into a network. So, Susan, how are you, my friend? I'm pretty darn good lady <laughs> it's nice to hear your voice i've been listening hey susan welcome me? welcome to you yeah, i was saying hi <laughs> hi we can yeah. hear you <laughs> okay great thank you so so i'm doing yeah. good thank you for the call and it's nice to hear your voice it's been uh 
Yeah, 10 years. Wow. Yeah. It's a long time. And where life has brought us has been pretty interesting, I'll tell you that, too. So thank you. Um, I was enjoying your words and listening, and some of it I was going, smiling. I'm going, mm-hmm, yep. So I will just be quiet till you uh, and let you do the show, lady. You just <laughs> so direct how me. are you feeling, you just direct me. You know, I, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I'm feeling pretty and I know that you've been through a lot, and um, we'll be talking about that down the road. But um, Susan and I, we got back in touch a couple weeks ago, I guess, and um, she's her journey has been vast. And um, <laughs> when we have her on, you will not believe um, some of you would, because you can I- identify with it. But um, when Susan and I first met, she had introduced me to an author she was promoting, Susanna Barlow. And um, then Susan and I started to talk outside of that, and we became friends. And Susan, you have moved from where are you now? What state? You're in Oregon now. I'm in. Yes, I am. Um, I when I talked to you before, I was in Utah, living in Utah. So now I'm back yeah. in Oregon, and it's and, raining. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's raining here too. So, um, yeah, and I I I have so much to do today. But um, thanks for being here, and I'll let you sit back. And if you want to chime in. Uh, on the discussion, feel free to do so. I'll leave your mic um, hot for now. If you need to, I'll let it stay hot, and if you need to have some privacy, you can mute it from your end and then come back on and join the conversation when you want, but I'll leave your mic on from our end. Okay. So now, down to you, Shauna, because I'll just let you tell um, 10 years. A lot has happened in 10 years, so... Uh, today, <laughs> today I'm as blinking said, as though it was yesterday. Yes, and that's the truth. Ten though. years. The truth is, that's the truth. Um, before mm-hmm. we start with you, Shauna, let's go over here. Allie B says, "Good morning, everyone. Happy tenth. Happy February. Mm-hmm. I'm listening in until I have to go hit the road. Um, and even Allie B was on the show many, many years ago." When she had her, she only had the Duchess, who is her firstborn daughter, mm-hmm. and she was very small back then. So, again, at some point when Allie B can find time on her weekends, maybe she can come on board and give us her update as well. But I'm going to give the mic to you, Shauna, because, like we said, 10 years, 10 years, and Susan is here, and She's got a hot mic, and she can chime in, and we can join in. And like I said, the show was supposed to be one way about the celebratory end of it, but some some, some things have happened. And right. um, before we go, we want to talk about where we're going in the future, um, what our show lineups will be, and things of that nature. But right now, girl, 10 years. It's been It's been a long 10 years, but you know what? I am so grateful, you know, to you as well as I'm sure the rest of the Focus family is 
for just the blessing that you've been and the role that you've played in our lives. Um, we don't take it for granted. I don't take it for granted. Um, you know, walking through parts of life with you, you know, listening to, you know, your pep talks, your perspectives, your kicks, multiple kicks in the butt, <laughs> you know, of love and encouragement, all loving and encouraging. Um, you know, it's just, you know, I'm just really grateful. I'm really grateful that our paths crossed when they did and how they did. Um, because I, I truly can say that I know that God placed you in my life for what I thought was for a reason, and it ended up becoming a long season. And I am so grateful, and I love you to death, sister. I call her sis, y'all. Um, and she loves playing the role of big sis. <laughs> Every now and again, I try to, you know, flex, but it's just like, okay. But, no, she, you're you're encouraging and inspiring to me. And so I am just really, really grateful and happy to see this 10-year anniversary come, and I cannot, cannot wait um, to see what's ahead for us collectively, individually, and for our Focus family. Woo, 10 years, girl. You did it. Congratulations. <laughs> well, I thank you. And, and again, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't me. It was so many of us coming together. Um, I see that uh, is that Simon was here for a moment. Simon was chiming in from Australia, mm-hmm. and it's like 16 hours ahead. I see he chimed in on our show chat room. Um, I'm trying to see. It looks like the show chat room may have froze. I'm going oh, okay, to get that start again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking to see what's going on. But Shauna, you know, again, this wasn't, um, I could not have done all of this without all of you, without the Susans and the Shaunas and the Shelleys and the the Melanies and the Brother Jeans and all of the people out there mm-hmm. who have joined us. All of you in the call query who I don't know who you are, but hello and thank you for being there. And those of you who are listening, Benita, I see Benita has joined the chat room Hello, hello. Um, let's see who else. So, and I see Jen, you said and Jennifer. Oh, oh, Jennifer McCrary Hyman. Oh, is Jennifer there? I don't she's even on, see Jennifer. Um, she's, I guess, on Facebook. She said, "Good morning, all. Happy and prosperous 2020 to everyone." I'm listening. I'm on listen mode only, but I am here in caps. Congratulations on yes. ten years of awesomeness. <laughs> Oh, thank you, sis. Thank you. I was like, I don't see Jennifer. Is she there? See, again, some of us can see people. We never know who's listening. And that's one of the things that I've always told people. How many years have we been here? People 10. And what have I always said? You want to know what the secret is to how we're here for 10 years and beyond? It's simply this. So many people say, well, how many people on? How many people... I always tell people most times it's not about the live listens because we're heard all over the world. We make up. I see Brother Gene has joined in our show hey. chat room as well. <laughs> um, I, I have, I literally have five different systems going, people, so that I can make sure that if one system goes down, there are four more to be the backup. Uh, again, it's not about the numbers. 
And so many people, if you know on social media, people like to brag about, I've got 10,000 people. I said, you have 10,000 people, and two of them may talk to you. I might have 200 people and 150 talk to me. Statistically, Mm -hmm. who's the better? But over the years, when the show first started, we were – it was growing by leaps and bounds. So many people enjoyed one of several things. When we first started, I had three or four co-hosts. That did not go over well. And it was actually Susan. I remember when the co-hosts decided to develop a coup against me, and they were all going to quit right before showtime. And I announced that I'll be doing the show by myself. And uh, it was Susan Garrett. And Susan, I don't know if you remember this, but you were the one who said, great. Liked you more anyway, or something to that effect. <laughs> and from that point on, it was uh, some people have come in. They like the name Healing Through Hurt because that was the original show's name. Healing Through Hurt has now evolved to become an entire network, thus the Focus Females Global Chat Cafe, which took over the Saturday morning motivation show. Um, people wanted to hear my voice. Um, and they liked the topics because I kept it very real and there was a lot of transparency and honesty in the program. And they liked the fact that when you have shows, so many people will book to be on your program, then they'll send you a script. And I let them know, first and foremost, we don't script here. It's going to be like we're best friends sitting on the front seat with our favorite beverage, just having a conversation. I tell my show host, I tell my show guests, the bottom line is this, don't ever make the listeners feel like you're trying to sell them something. Be very authentic in who you are. They know that when I'm in teach mode, I'm in teach mode. You notice I went back, to, I'm, I'm C. Maria, a.k.a. Mediate and Shiro, right here at our ground zero. Because just a few months ago, I evolved and I finished another plateau when I graduated from law school. And then things changed again. So, again, my life has been a journey. And in that time, I have not only graduated from law school, I walked the line with my daughter-in-law in undergrad. I waited for her to come out so that we could walk the line together so that our ch- my grandchildren could see the generational greatness. There has been so many things within this year. My stepdaughter and my daughter-in-law met for the first time. All of my grandchildren came together for the first time time in life was in October of 2019 and again I need to remind you on these shows for another day that we're blended family I'm no longer married to my stepdaughter's bio dad my daughter-in-law is no longer married to my biological son She's married to a great guy. I couldn't have asked for a better person to be that replacement in my grandson's and my daughter-in-law's life. I call him Sil. She calls him Quay. He knows who he is. Special love and shout-out to him. I tried to get my daughter-in-law on. Um, I don't see her yet, but hopefully she'll come back and listen to the program. Uh, Benita says, hello, ladies, congratulations on your 10-year anniversary. This is amazing. And Gene says, hey, to me, he calls me Cassie Lynn. Story behind that over this 10-year period, too. 
with Gene, he has called me Cassie Lynn for so long that people outside of he and I, they actually believe that that was my my name. (laughs) And um, I remember a friend, a mutual friend named Wayne. She was like, well, which part is not your name? I said, none of it. (laughs) She looked so perplexed. And he has (laughs) done this for years. And he thought, people thought that my name was Cassie Lynn. And me, you know, it's been so long, I would say, hmm? You know, you're going to call me Cassie Lynn? Hmm? What? Hmm? Okay. So (laughs) we just joined in. So, again, with that, and we made it a point to, um, I let people know, but it's like my children, my grandchildren, they call me Grandma Pumpkin. And there's a story even behind that. My name was never Pumpkin. I used to call my oldest grandson Pumpkin when he was a baby. And everything I said and or did, he would mimic. If I say, hi, Pumpkin, he'd say, hi, Pumpkin. If I'd say, go left, he'd say, go left. You know, everything was that. Then his brother came along three years later. And he, while he was talking to him at three years old, he said, you know, um, he said, uh, this is Grandma Pumpkin. Say, Pumpkin. And when the baby learned how to talk, he would call me Pawpaw because he couldn't quite get Pumpkin because I became Pawpaw, and then I became Pumpkin, and then I became Pumpkin, and then I became um, Pumpkin, as he puts it. That goes all through me. And it goes on and on. So, again, our personal lives have played out through healing through hurt as well. Um, We've had our highs. We've had our lows. We've had our good times. We've had our bad times. Shauna, you've gone through some changes. Um, if you want to talk about that a little bit, you're now grandma. That's all new. I am. Um, <laughs> I am. And I'm hiding in my bedroom from him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but before I dive into those changes, I, you know, I was sitting here while you were talking in my head. I don't know why this popped in my head, but when we were on before, when I was with you before on, remember how you, I think it was like a Friday night. And mm-hmm. the times will always be late because <laughs> I and because we were all she was uh-huh. always being yep. um, considerate of a West Coast family. <laughs> so they would see, I would have to set my alarm, and oftentimes slept through it or would be falling asleep on the radio show <laughs> because it was getting late. <laughs> and it was this ongoing joke about you know me going to bed you know early because I was you know I guess just old and in spirit (laughs) and so now we're flipping at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning although I have been up since the crack of dawn because he had to take my son to swim lessons at six o'clock can't wait for swim lessons to be over but this these 10 years for me family um what did Gene put I just I'm saying see Gene would do this you can be in thought and then I look down at the comments, <laughs> and I'm like, "What did what did Gene say? Cassie Lynn Bynum Davis Wall." <laughs> this is what Gene does to us. <laughs> yep, too much. You love them to pieces, and I enjoyed your pictures. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> so I go on vacation with the Gene through the internet, <laughs> through Facebook. So, but my 10 years, I'm telling you, family, it's been a journey, um, and it's, you know, and it hasn't been all, you know, all pain. 
because there's so there were so many lessons folded into each and every path that I chose to take. Um, you know, one of the things that I've learned about me was that I actually like people. <laughs> um, you know, some of the jokes and Benita's online, she can tell you, like, they people joke about me, like, not liking people. Um, and part of my journey was to learn to like and love myself so that I can like and love other people. Um, you know, I've beca- I became a little protective of me, and I've learned that that was okay. You know, I was raised by, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom for many years before she went back to the classroom. So, you know, I watched my mom take care of me, and then I watched her take care of everybody else. And so as I grew up, you know, I was taking care of everybody else, and I, I sacrificed per se me. Um, and just didn't realize all those years that it was, you know, building pain, you know, within me, resentment and anger, you know, and some bitterness in me. And then when I moved into relationships, friendships, you know, uh, male-female partner relationships, I carried that with me. And some people may say, well, there's nothing wrong with, you know, helping everybody else. But when you help everybody else, you forget yourself. One day I just woke right. up and was like, who the heck am I? And I just was like, I, I got to find me. And that's hence started my whole, you know, search and series on I see me. That was the one speech, I, the one talk I gave a long time ago, which was scripted. And C. Maria told me, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> we are unscripted. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so that's right. another lesson. Life, life is not scripted, <laughs> you know. Yes, we have moments where we can, you know, sit down and write out the agenda for today's meeting. But, you know, I've learned to let life, to let go and let life happen. And I learned that a a lot just from, you know, School of Hard Knocks, but because you also used to always, you know, tell me and stay on me, like, life is going to happen. And I've learned that it's okay. It's all about my response and my perspective on when life is starting to happen. I can sit back and let things unravel and fall apart because I'm, I'm a, you know, if you people, if you believe in can, uh, signs, I'm a cancer, but you know, we're emotional. <laughs> so I will go down every emotional rabbit hole with every um, ball that life threw at me. And I'm always hearing, you know, we don't, life isn't scripted. We don't, you just live, you walk, you walk through life. And then I'm remembering, mm-hmm. then I re, I'm reminded of some of, you know, your personal stories and, your, you know, the struggles and the conquers, you know, you, you conquer through all of so much. You've had a, your story is amazing. And then I used to minimize my story. Well, it's not nothing in comparison to what this person's gone through or what that person faced, which also stuffs, you know, I kept stuffing. I kept stuffing. And then one day I just realized, like, I am enough. I am important. I am love. You know, and I can contribute to my life and other people's lives in such a tremendous way. When I started to allow that the hurt to heal, I started to allow that hurt to heal. And I didn't want to look at hurt. Yeah. I'm really good at taking naps. Like, I have a PhD yeah, in you taking are. naps. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and I've, I've never, you know, struggled with the depths of um, depression that some other, some of the listeners may have. Um, but I am a nap taker. So if I'm thinking, I'm overthinking, it's like, whew, 
overload, just take a nap. I'll feel better when I wake up. And my naps are not 20 minutes. They're like three or four hours. And I can't wait for my grandson to go home tonight so that I can take yet another one. Um, But that's kind of how I dealt with a lot of things where I would just try to sort through things. And I used to tell myself stories, you know, and add to it. So, you know, it could have been something of simple as I stumped my toe. But by the time I finished telling the story in my head, you know, it was a whole conspiracy, (laughs) you know, which I didn't realize that that negative thinking was adding to my hurt. And I didn't realize how much I was spewing my hurt onto other people. And as I began to look in that mirror, literally stand in front of a mirror and look, you know, I started to realize that I had to change. Like enough, I have to take a stance. I have to save me. I can't keep walking around blaming, you know, old friends, ex-husbands, you know, past, you know, arguments with my parents and just even my parents and just my surroundings to define who I was. So it's almost like you hear Steve Marie always say, you know, when you get sick and tired of being tired, you know, that's when you make a change. And that's where I found myself. And when I, you know, when I was in, when I was married and I was looking at, you know, my marriage and realizing this is, it's really not in a good space. (laughs) Like this is really not good. And I remember trying to nap it away. I remember trying to, you know, hang in there to get better. I ignored things, you know, I ignored me. Um, and I just kept going through the motions of life and was in so much pain, like unbelievable pain. And you would not have known, and it wasn't because I was intentionally hiding it. I'm just not that person to wear my problems on my sleeve and to tell the whole world because I have to continue on. I had children to keep living for, and I have myself to keep living for. And there was a lot of things that people didn't know um, that I was going through. And there's times where I can even have a conversation. I had a conversation with a childhood friend the other day, and she was like, I never knew. And it's just like, yeah, you don't. People, we don't know what other people are going through. What I was sharing with my girlfriend on the phone the other day was um, a a behavior pattern between my dad and I when I was younger. My dad was military, um, so he he raised the house. We were like a boot camp in the house, speaking, spoken to, you know. Man is, you know, superior, you know, and all that. And I didn't realize how much damage that did to me because it also came with intimidation, you know, name-calling and, you know, there was some times that, you know, I, I caught the end of his, you know, his fist. Um, and for those who didn't know me, I was a little girl, you know. I was little. <laughs> Always been on the little side, you know, but I was able to endure. But I didn't realize how much anger I had in me. And when I had children, you know, I, real, I saw myself going from zero to 100 before the blink of an eye was completed. I'm like, where is this? Where is this coming from? Because it's like it just sneaks up on you. <laughs> Where did that come from? And I've had to apologize, and I had to change, go beyond just an apology to a change behavior because I was like, I'm not going to do this to my, my children as it was done to me. And I understand that he did it because that's what he was taught, and that's what he knew too. Part of my, the biggest part of my healing was forgiveness. Mm-hmm. was forgiveness. And 
I have to. It's an ongoing process. But when I really understood that the power in forgiveness, and it wasn't to bring people back in my life or to keep them in my life or to accept their behaviors or treatments toward me or anything like that. It was just like I'm not going to keep walking around being angry and being upset with the world because, you know, I'm not a natural smiler. And, you know, being told, you know, over and over again, you you look so mean, like we're intimidated to say anything. And it's like, what? I'm one of the coolest people ever. And people are like, yeah, once we get to know you. And so I was like, okay, Sean, it's time to crack crack this hard shell, crack this nut wide open. And it's a process. There's times where I would go into a room today and still, oh, back under my shell because I'm going, I'm looking and observing, you know, looking for potential opportunities for someone to inflict pain. So it's an ongoing mm-hmm. thing. But when I decided to stop hurting and start healing through forgiveness, and that's when I started my whole love journey, which I know sometimes I might drive see me you're crazy. I'm like, love, love, love. <laughs> and it's not necessarily to say that I love to, you know, give out all this love and, you know, to the whole world and, you know, everybody that stepped on me and stumped me. But when I, the way I decided to approach my healing was to look at it through a different lens. And I have compassion for other people's weaknesses. I don't say I accept them into my life with all their pain and their drama, but I've learned to see things through a different lens that allows me to have compassion because it's only by grace that I'm not doing what they've done or been through what they've been through. And so I just turned the, you know, just the hand of time back and said, I'm, I'm going to not be angry with myself because I was really angry with myself too. I don't know if you ever gone through something and, you know, you're pointing the finger and pointing the finger and then you go through the same situation again, but with, you know, different players. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm the common denominator. I'm the common factor here. It's me. And so a lot of that love and forgiveness that I had to give to everybody else, that helped, but it didn't, my, my, my healing journey didn't turn the corner. It didn't turn until I forgave myself for allowing people to treat me a certain kind of way, for accepting treatment, for thinking that I didn't deserve better. Yeah. Yeah. And then I am standing here today. Yeah. That may be conscious or unconscious that you're not realizing that, you know, because we don't always say, well, yeah, it's okay to be rude to me and or whatever they're doing. But, um, Mm -hmm. but, I had such an incident, you know, with the what's been going on in the world that we are watching every day, and um, it was political, <laughs> and it got out, and it just that it went from zero, like you said, to a hundred, and I was like, holy moly, we, I wasn't expecting that, and so things were said because we're not listening to each other, really, truly listening. You're coming, you're coming back with your own reply or formulating the response, and it's like, you know, so it was quite an interesting day that I hadn't expected, and I know that a lot of people are unnerved by what's going on just in everyday living, that we're witnessing things that are not 
are like, whoa, this should not be happening. And you're making a lot of, you know, what you're saying I can totally relate with about um, we knew I learned this lesson from my father. He says, if Susan, if you don't take care of yourself first, how are you going to help the ones that need your help? Mm-hmm. And then you also yeah. have to take care of yourself by not helping everyone saying, okay, I love you. I care about you, but I can't do this because mm-hmm. it's toxic to me. And it doesn't mean that you don't love them. I'm not liking your behavior so well. <laughs> and so you mm-hmm. just back, I, I back away because I'm going, this is not healthy for me. I don't want to spend my time doing all of that. And, um, so yeah, I'm. I really am listening and hearing, and I'm on West Coast time. And I'm still in my PJs, and uh, and Maria, uh, Maria. Yeah. Sent, I have Maria's and Maria's in my life, and I get them switched sometimes. So anyway, she's texted me, and I'm like, oh, I haven't listened, had time to listen in, and I'm really glad that I did. And you're making sense, ladies, and I look well, forward to. Uh, Hearing more, but but piggybacking off of what you said, Susan, was you know how your you know your dad was saying to you, you know, you got to take care of yourself first. But the I think that one of the the challenges that people have with that is you know we're as especially with females, especially the older mm-hmm. generation, you know, the older you know middle aged and older, we were taught to take care of everyone. That was we how right. we were taught. We're women. We weren't taught how to take care of ourselves. So when I started hearing all this, you got to do for yourself, love yourself, take care of yourself. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like, what does that mean? You're like, what does that look like? Can someone just draw it for me? <laughs> you know? It takes every day it, to practice to do that. It is. You have it to. is a daily practice. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, but, it is. Yeah. I, and I right, wanted to add what, this, ladies. Oh, I wanted to say this. I wanted to um, um, interject for a moment because there's some things when I was listening to Shauna talk, and again, I always say on the program that our means are different slightly, but the end is the same. And I'm hearing from both of you, you know, for me, I didn't have a father to tell me anything, period. Didn't have a mother to tell me anything other than how useless and, uh, you know, uh, I I never measured up to her expectations or standards. And um, I wanted to put this out there before we got any further because I also said that we would be talking about how we're going to be evolving. And, you know, a few weeks ago we were trying to get a show scheduled in place, and uh, for the second Saturdays of um, the month we'll do cerebral conversations. And it's like what we're doing today which is a bit of a roundtable discussion where whomever comes on, you have something you want to talk about. You have to be on the call query, though, because it's a roundtable discussion so that we're not going back and forth and I'm reading everything from the chat room. But you are – we're going to do holistic living, and that's back to nature in every way from – living simple and how to do the simplest things to make us have the best life ever. And then, of course, the fourth Saturday Saturday is going to be open chat, which we tend to have a great time with that. The call query is popping. If you want to join in our discussion, um, 
please press the one, number one on your phone. We have exactly one hour left in our program, so we're moving right along. And um, I'm going to go over here to the show chat room. Um, um, of course, Bob has joined us. He's over in Australia, and it's very early in the morning there. So, Bob, thank you for coming back, and thank you so much for always um, supporting and putting your input in things. So I'm going to try to go down the list here because Jean, our gentleman, our resident gentleman for the day, they are really um, joining us to talk about a lot of things. Jean writes, work for the federal government, and you'll relearn not to like people. Join us. That is a show for another day in itself. Um, trust me, it's a show for another day, people. And we may just tackle that um, at some point this year. Bob says, good day, folks. Coffee, anyone? Yes, Bob. Thank you, please. Well, actually, if you have any tea, that would be great, too, but I'll take either. Um, Bob writes, whatever is not nurturing for him he will simply call the beast, and he no longer feeds the beast. Exactly. Again, that's a show for another day, too, because you know, what is it? The old, um, is it a, a native uh, saying, a proverb where, you know, they say which one, it comes down to which one you feed, that's the one that's going to be the strongest in your life. So, again, that's mm-hmm. a show that we need to really work on. And... um Bob writes, he is phantasmacological. That's his new word, phantasmacological. I like that. Try to say that a few times quickly, people. And Gene writes, um, well, you know, Cassie, here he goes again, that I never felt growing up like I measured up to his father. Seems like he was always on him for something, but not his siblings. There were two sets of standards, one higher standard for for Gene and a lower standard for them. And Gene and I, we we connect on so many points because that's exactly it. You know, I would hear, you know, she would tell my brother, you know, you'll do better next time. Me, you should have gotten all A's. And it was always something. And it wasn't, my revelation didn't come until 2014 where it all came together as to why she allowed certain things to happen to me, why she allowed my brother to put his hands on me in certain ways and her lame-ass excuse, and why she felt the need to talk about me to all the family members who then bought into it and then decided to play judge, juries, and executioners without knowing anything but what she told them. And when I tried to explain to them that I was abused in ways they can't imagine, every single one shut down. One said they didn't want to know. Others didn't want to listen to me, brought out the Bible, and tried to, you know, exercise me when I was in the hospital, all types of things. They're going to tell me the Bible says X, Y, Z. Let me tell you all something about the Bible. And this is going to cause some people to, to squint their eyes and say something under their breath. The Bible was written by humans. It's their interpretation. And I can take the Bible and manipulate every single chapter, every single verse to suit whatever my personal agenda is, just like other people can do that. And Gene writes, according to his father, 25, he explained that he saw something in me greater than my sibling. However, I told him I saw, all I saw was this 
disparity and of treatment as a child. And mm. that takes me back to my point, Jean, was that your father said he saw some greatness in you that he didn't see in them. Shauna, your father told you that that was all that he knew. My mother did what she did to me because I'm a child of sin. Transparent moment here. I'm a child of an adulterous affair. My father and his wife at the time had just given birth to their first son in um, October, I believe, or December, whatever month it was, of the year before I was born. Nine months later, here I come. So I understood then why my father's wife, who was an alcoholic at the time, would call me, threatening me and calling me out of my name, my mother giving me the infamous four-finger hand flicker, telling me that I just remind his wife of what she, his wife, did to my mother, not knowing that that was a twisted lie at the time because it was my mother, my father, that had that little secret affair. My mother got pregnant with me. Dear old dad is still married to his wife to this day. And dear old mom was upset because all she had was another mouth to feed and a girl mouth at that because her firstborn with him was a boy. And that's all she should have been left with. And that's what she should have been left with. So, again, I didn't have that person to tell me that I was wonderful and great and all of these things. I didn't have that person to protect me. I had no one in the family to run to. When I gave birth to my son, I wanted something that I could love so that I could give the love that I never had. She was there from day one putting bugs in his ear, too. My son has called me out of my name. My mother has called me a whore because she was so damn jealous of the life that I had. My son has called me a bitch. He has said that he didn't want me in his life. He has given praise to his now deceased daddy who was absentee by his choice, not by mine. When I found his father, I gave him the number. My son talked to his biological father for maybe two days. Then he came into the kitchen of where we were living. He said he changed his number. Now, a few years ago, my son was up for a reinvestigation for his job. He found his biological father, but by then he was dying. And once he was dead and my son, I guess he didn't figure at the funeral and everything, he didn't notice that I was there with his family. They were introducing me to all the family members that I didn't meet. Because when we talked initially, he asked me, was I married? I said, I'm divorced now, blah, blah, blah. I said, are you? He said he couldn't afford a wife and to pay all that back child support. My son blamed me for the fact that I wasn't there. My mother took over because I had to work dual jobs to make up for the money that his father refused to pay. My son didn't know that I had to write to the White House itself. I didn't know that there was a program for deadbeat parents till I wrote to the White House to get that man to pay. We would go to court, and he'd say he had no money. If the judge said go to jail, he'd pull a water cash out of his pocket. And back then, the county would put up money just to give me something. And when he did pay, when he did pay, he would, the county would take back the money that they put up so I ended up getting nothing again. But it was all my fault. To this day, my son praises this man that he didn't know and his wife that I don't know where she came from and the daughter that didn't belong to his biological father got her name tattooed on his chest. Everything is wonderful because of the absentee deadbeat dad. And don't get me wrong, his father and I had no problems in the end. We talked to each other. When he first met his son face-to-face, he called me. He was so happy to meet him and his grandson and see his family and all of that. We talked about a lot of things. 
But again, what his father never told him, and he certainly told me, was that he wasn't married, but he was because there was a wife at the funeral. And had I been foolish enough to try to rekindle the flame, it would have been for naught. Because all the hours that his father and I talked after he found me, because one of the first things that his father said was, where's your mother, what's her phone number? He tried to make peace with my mother. My mother refused to talk to him. Because God knows my mother was jealous of everything. If there was a man in my life, she would threaten to call Child Protective Services. If I was happy, she would make me miserable. Moments of truth. This is all of the things that have come to light in the last 10 years. My son hates me. I can say it. Why? I don't know. Because of what he thinks he knows. And as I told him when he said, why would you keep my daddy from me? Why would you think that I would keep him from you? For what? Every time that I found him from a child on, he disappeared. And so, again, so many of us, we're at the same place healing through our hurts, but we're at different junctures of how we got to this point. I I still am amazed to hear people talk about it. I'm like, I wanted to have some... When I was young, I used to say, I wanted my mother to be and father to be drug addicts and alcoholics. At least it would have been a reason for why they mistreated me. Why I'm walking away from my family in this year and not going back, death doesn't make me want to make peace with anybody because they made it perfectly clear that they did not care. And I'm not going to talk to someone who I know hasn't changed one bit, someone who's still manipulative, some people who still don't care. They can have my mother. They can live with the love and the lies. Now, outside of what Allie B. said, I may go to my mother's funeral if she goes before me. The problem is the family members have one time to say something crazy to me. I'm going to curse their behinds out, and then I'm going to tell them to have a blessed day, and I'm not going to see them again. That is the realization of all of it. And some of you all, maybe that's why we're 10 years old this month. Because I keep it real with you all. I'm not going to sit up here and oh, you need to go back and make peace with that person. No, you don't. You do not. Let me say it again. This is C. Maria talking. Nobody else on this panel or this program, I'm talking, C. Maria telling you, you don't have to. Because some of you and the vast majority will be going back to the same old, same old heartache and pain. 10-1-09 was when I created this account to start this. The first show aired on February 20, um, February 19th of 2010. So the 19th of this month will be our 10th, our official 10th anniversary, but we're celebrating all month. And we have grown out of that heartache and pain because I had to come out of that vicious cycle of accepting people who kept harming me in my life. My literal DNA strand told me, you're doing this. And they would invite me out to family functions, then pull me aside and tell me how much of a monster I was. They have no idea that my mother let my brother beat me. They have no idea that my mother sits here and the things that she has done to psychologically ruin me. They have no idea. But if my mother said it because she's the salt of the MF and earth, that it must be true. 
That's the difference in this world. So, people, I know what some of you have gone through, and I like the fact that you've made peace, and I'm happy for you, but that's not an option for me. You know, my son has said my mother is his real mother. My mother said that my son is her son. Guess what? I'm big sis then. Have at it. But when my son was growing up, when he needed someone, it was me who was there. It wasn't her. It was me. And since he learned everything, how to run a business, how to do stocks, how to do all of that from somebody other than the person who actually told him, live your lie, live your truth, whatever. I don't have to be in it because whatever time I have left, I want to live this life happily. And that is why I'm here now. And that is why we have survived for 10 years because I have kept it real every leg of the journey when i created that account in 09 i was in the thick of a hell of a damn marriage to a narcissistic sociopath and he thought that i was like every other woman he's tried to get over on bad mistake because by then i had grown to the point where i wasn't going to put up with it show for another day let me go back over here because they are really popping in the chat room right about now Gene writes, according to my father, 25, he explained that he saw something great in me. We did that part. Bob writes, all religions are about control. They even call you the flock. I'm no follower. I'm a leader. Gene writes, yep, exactly. Just like sheep, tend the flock and guide them where you want them to go. Bob writes, for me, religion is headspace and spirituality is heart space. Uh, Jean writes, I, I always tell people I'm spiritual. I don't tell them I'm Baptist or Christian, etc. I agree with some teachings, but not all, that the pastor of the church will spout. And Bob writes, God created man. Man created religion. When I connect to, the, to source, I don't go the long way around. Then Jean writes, we just talked about that yesterday that people will try to use death to coerce you to do what they think you should be doing, such as reach out to someone you don't talk to. They never know the background story to the secret drama. My well-being is my number one priority is what? Bob writes and Gene wrote, they only know what the master manipulators relay that place them in the best light. And that is the truth. Anyone in a call query, you want to join our conversation, press the number one on your phone. But as you can see, this show is taking on a lot. Uh-oh, did you go away? We're going to wait for you to come back. Susan, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to, I'm going to say right okay. now the, with Jean, um, and Bob was just saying, that's definitely going to be a show for another day. And, Gene, it's um, ironic that you're typing that. Literally just yesterday, someone reached out to me. Um, and they said, hey, you know, we haven't seen each other or talked in, you know, a few years. You know, um, you know, I see you're doing, the, you know, you're back on the radio doing this radio show. Are you still life coaching? And I'm like, yeah. And so she invited me to join her to help. Um, she has a ministry for young, young adults, young girls. Um, and in us talking, we met at another church. And when I was going through my divorce, one of the things, well, I, the only thing that my ex-husband knew that he could do to me that would hurt was to drain me financially. Um, 
because I had already came to resolve and accepted what was going to be. Um, and so that's the attack that he did, you know, took toward me is he just drained me financially, even though the courts told him to pay. Um, and it continued paying as though everything is still intact. You know, he told me, no, he was like, I lived off of him being my husband and a provider, although I worked <laughs> and provided <laughs> to the home as well. He said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I had my daughter was in Ohio State. Um, as most of you can imagine, Ohio State's tuition is not cheap. <laughs> so uh-huh. it was very hard. Um, and I, I hung in there as long as I could. I even had to bring her home from Ohio State because I just could not afford it anymore. And when I was speaking to this young lady yesterday, when she was telling me about her ministry and seeing where it could, put, you know, be a fit, we we discussed briefly um, a situation from the ministry of the church that we were going to, and she was, um, I believe, she was a member there, and I was attending the women's ministry there. It was a monthly um, event, and then I went through um, a course through that church as well, um, I, which I guess was her training us to teach other people within her ministry. And, you know, when I, you know, brought up the church, I said, well, you know, let me, do you still go there? I need to know because I don't have good feelings about that person anymore. I respect the person for the position that she holds. Um, but when I was going through the divorce, things were tight. When I just said my husband drained me financially, there were many days to, I did not know where my next meal was coming from because I didn't have the money. Uh And when I say how God blessed me and took care of me, I would go to work and my boss out the blue would say, there's this new restaurant. Let's go try it. I'm like, no, no. He's like, oh, I got it. Let's go. No one at my job knew what I was going through. My friends, my closest friends didn't know. And I would go to work the next day. Can I ask you a question? I want to. Yes, go ahead. Can I stop you for just one second? Mm -hmm. Because I want to hear what you're saying, but I want to, are you and I just in a conversation or is everyone in a conversation? I'm not sure. We lost Marie. Okay. Yeah, she'll be back. I'm here. Um, so usually we just keep going, and if whoever is supposed to listen and can hear, is that's who it's meant for, no. you know, and we just going to keep in. going. Okay, can awesome. Can you hear me? So, you know, yes, you, you, uh, yeah. you got to listen now. I, we I'm just sorry. have our own conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, I literally was gone. I literally, it, the we know. literally knocked me off. No, usually we it just cuts me back. off and I'm here. But this time I was literally out. I was just missing. <laughs> oh, okay. that's okay. I just, I just, we just kept talking, and I said, "Who's supposed to be here? They can hear us, and you'll be back." Yes. But so, just to round out what I was saying, Susan was in having this conversation. So I'll catch you up, see Maria. But in having the conversation yesterday, you know, I, I said to her, "I'm like, when I was going through, and I had no food to eat, and the food I brought, you know, I had, I had to make sure, a, my children ate first, and so I would portion out the food." you know, what we have so they can have food for that day and the next day. And I just got into the place where I just had to trust that, you know, God was going to provide my next meal. And I went to the pa- the pastor over, the, you know, this ministry, the church and everything, um, and I face-to-face sat with her and explained to her my situation. Like, here's what I'm going through. Like, I'm going through this training to help other women here, but I'm, I'm at rock bottom here, you know, financially because of this is what's going on. And I... I said, you know, like, I don't even have, you know, food to eat in my home. They had a food pantry downstairs. How did I know? Because I often worked in it and, boxed and bagged up, you know, food for other people. And mm-hmm. my intent wasn't to say, give me food. It was just, like, here's where I'm at. And 
you know, she heard me out, and then we went into the um, sanctuary for the Friday night third woman service. And as I sat there, she began to say, I promise you, she began to say, there are people who would try to tell you that they don't have food to eat. But they're just, oh, they no. have food. They're just not used to eating what they have. They're, they're much, no. They have food, but it's just not what they're used to eating. And they wow. try to make you feel like something else is going on. And I sat there and was like, wow. I'm sorry that I come into, you know, I come straight to this ministry, this thing on Friday nights in my work clothes. And my closet is full of suits. Over 50 suits. So you're going to see me coming coming here in a suit. So I may not look the part of someone that doesn't have food. Mm -hmm. But how dare you, as a leader, this church leader, ministry leader, woman of God, call it what you want, will Mm -hmm. sit there and take my pain and discuss it in such an open form. You know, gratefully, people didn't know she was talking about me. But it minimized my pain. In the name she of She dismissed you. Yeah, she, totally. She dismissed, she, yeah, totally. No, that's not okay. And so Mm-mm. when that young lady reached out to me yesterday and we were talking, I said, I just need to I just need to know where you were receiving your teachings from because I can't be affiliated with that again. And gratefully right. she said she had also left shortly after I did. So you know, I'm just grateful. So when we talk about healing through hurt, you know, it's 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 so many different facets. There's so many levels of this, and we can uh, maybe the show we'll do a show on church pain because that's just a whole oh yeah, beast. Oh, Lord, definitely. <laughs> beast. So, see Maria, thank That'll you for joining us. <laughs> yes, that will that will be our. Um, and, and just so you all know, yes, you were still live. Everyone was still, awesome. I was just missing. It literally cut me off and said there was some big major error, and I had to call back in, and this is all I was doing, but I was actually still here. And I could have joined the conversation, but you were doing so well without me, it was fine while I tried <laughs> to figure this out. So, um, again, what you all are saying is great, and I believe that. As I said, for our roundtable discussion, cerebral conversations, that may be, we may pick up on this, but we have to go back over here to the show chat room because. I was about to say, I oh got to read goodness. these comments in this the chat. Let me start off. Can I finish here. this one? So Jean says, um, when you live on faith, Shauna, it's incredible how things seem to work in your favor. I'm a strong believer when you are a person who try to do good things, good by others, then others will do good by you right at the time you need it. People don't always know what you're going through, but he always seems to bring these people right around, right on time. Then Bob goes on to say, I like the Bible. It contains some gems. I am the way, the truth, yes, and the light. Yes, me. And you and you and you, for the kingdom of heaven resides in all of us. Hey? Then Gene goes... That's my biggest problem with the church with church leaders. They always say thou shalt not judge. Only God can judge. But church leaders oftentimes do the most judging of people based on their perception and not asking you the facts of your life. 
And then Gene goes on to say, this, need, this needs to be a TV talk show, Kathy, with a panel of scholarly people from this group. And then Bob says, for me, all are S-U-E, Sue, sovereign, unique, and equal, and all flows from that. Yep. We having a great chat room today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great point. You know what? Points, guys. But again, that's what makes that's what made us 10 years old this month. And mm-hmm. most like most talks, most chats, they can try to mimic this, but they will never be this because they don't know how to be authentic. They have gone to the right. feel good fluff 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 gurus to tell them this is how you want to do it. Buy our five hundred ninety nine ninety nine, and it'll tell you how to become the best of success. And if you don't, it's because you didn't put the effort into it. So many people in this world are not ready to be authentic. They're not ready to be true. And they're too busy trying to be in competition with other people. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as being who we are makes this happen. Susan came into my life 10 years ago. Susan is still in my life. <laughs> you know, I think this we is have really interesting. So I much. think it's really interesting. I think it's interesting that because Marie knows the story and so what has just recently happened. And um, right. I want to tell the story and how that will flow we're working on. And I just like, why did I reach out to Marie? I don't know. You know, I could have, because I used to be a radio talk show producer, and that's how I met her in the first place, was promoting uh, Susanna Barlow, the 23rd child of 46, and her father had six wives. And so the whole 10 years, how this is, there's the connection. And um, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just sitting here, shaking my head and I'm going, wow, the whole thing, how I reached out to Marie and I said, I want to talk to her. And she was, I just, I think this is going to be amazing. So I already knew you're amazing. And I, I she <laughs> said she was going to listen to the show, the show that we did. And I'm going, what the heck were we, you know, I think it was, I don't know, Marie, you could probably answer that because of the interview. I was, I do remember one thing that you told me after the show and you, um, by what I had said and you said, you saved my life and I'm going, what? And you said, you saved my life by what I, something I had shared with you. And I don't know if you remember that. I do. I do. Mm -hmm. And, um, that, that was the part that I didn't share in the beginning, but your show, you had talked about how, because at the time you were an advocate for children, and there were no rights. Get this, people. There were no rights for children. So Susan had to advocate based on they were using animal rights to equate to children's rights. Wasn't that how it, it um, got started? Because yeah. at the time, there were nothing on the books for children's rights, people, nothing. They were using the laws that they had in place for animals to equate to children's mm-hmm. rights at the time. And um, you were telling me about, I believe it was your marriage or your one of the marriages to your former husband. And at the time, Susan, I was in the thick of my marriage and 
trying to get out of it and getting away from um, my now ex-husband. And um, it was something that you had shared that had happened in your um, um, marriage and your, your life's experience. And you were the person who opened my eyes and gave me the strength that I needed to move forward to get rid of my now ex-husband. So everyone who's on board and his biological daughter's there, my, my, my um, stepdaughter's on here, this is the lady that gave me the courage to move forward. So, yeah, yeah. And, again, a part of this 10-year journey. And amazing what has happened. Um, Shauna, you want to go back to the chat room because they are still posting away over there. And um, I'll turn the mic over to you if you want to do it um, and oh, catch yes, up I'm on running back on to my, my computer because the kid is chasing me. Okay, so <laughs> let's see. We have Bob that said, uh-oh, Bob that said, um, no one has jurisdiction over me. I have jurisdiction over any over anyone else. Then he said, if you are not creating your life, who is? And then Gene says, not surprising, because some people, a lot of people, it seems like animals more than people. So when you were actually saying that, see, Maria, um, when you were saying that, my heart just crunched. Like, wait a minute. They were writing laws, human right laws, for oh, based on animals? But, yes, that is so true that... Some some people will hold up an animal higher than mm-hmm. human life. That's my grandson you hear crying in the background. I apologize. <laughs> he wants mm-hmm. grandma. <laughs> yeah, I was um, testifying. But, uh, so, Susan, I, thank you. And I, my heart, I just appreciate the work that you did because I'm just speechless. But yet I'm not surprised. Well, yeah, I was testifying before the House and the Senate, and um, – one of the to get a bill through, I went to my legislator and I, you know, to be in the best interest of the child. And uh, an attorney for the Juvenile Rights Project came over and he says, "This is a great bill you're working on." He had heard me testify and I didn't know him. He just came over and he says, "I represent only children, and I have to take the statutes that are for animal rights." and apply them to my human clients. And I said, that makes me sick. Because what that tells me is that we care more about our animals, not that they're not important, because they are. And I don't want to minimize that, but that we cared more about our animals than we did our children. And I I was just blown away to hear an attorney come over and tell me that. That represented children and children only. To me, that was like, whoa. So anyway, that's that's that piece right there. I just wanted to interject that into it. So Yeah. Again, people, amazing what has happened in a mere decade, a mere ten years, but so much can happen in that time. Imagine where we can go. Imag look at this. I mean, everything is popping the day. The the there's discussion in the chat room, the the Call query is off the chain. Anyone else in the call query, if you want to join in, you have something else. We have 29 minutes left, 29 minutes. And today I'll tell you all like this, the passion for healing through hurt, the passion for 
all of this, the passion for doing the work that we do. I want to tell you all something. As I said, I'm supposed to be someplace else by 1230. The show ends at 11. I said, after every show, I'm so passionate about this. I need to wind down. So I was going to be dressed and ready to run out the door. And I said, no, I'm sitting up here in my robe. My hair's a mess. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to unwind from this. I'm going to relish this moment because so many of us, for those of you who don't understand what this means to me, and when I said, Shauna, you know, tell us what's been going on with you, Shauna, and every year people do this, they go back and they always come back, bring it back to me. And I'm humbled by that. But in the same breath, I always tell people I don't feel comfortable with that because this has always been about all of you. And I'm, I'm thankful that I brought that to your lives, but I want you to tell me about you. How is it, how have you grown you know, I, I thank you for telling me that, and I do. I appreciate it, but I honestly, and from my end, I want to know how you've walked your path and how you're feeling right here, right now, today. And I can't remember. I believe it was, um, I think it was Dee Wallace. She, um, you may know the name. She's played in a lot of movies, a lot of, she does a lot of horror movies in Hollywood, The Howling, and um, she was the mother in E.T. That's the best way to tell it. She was the mm-hmm. mom in E.T. Mm-hmm. She was one of my guests on the show. And before the show, her agents had said something personal had happened. And when the shows got started, I was talking to her before we went on air. And I wanted to make sure that she was okay. And she said, thank you so much because she said, bless your heart, darling. That's how she talked, bless your heart, darling. You know, because <laughs> no one had ever taken that time. To say, hey, are you okay? You know, if we don't feel like doing this, if you need to take care of X, Y, Z, then go ahead and do that. So, again, it's always been about feeling, making people feel like this was for them. This was for for the Susans and the Shaunas and all of these people in the world who've been guests. I always say you come here as a guest, but you leave as a family member and or friend. And it's always been the case here, and that's what is on. That's what's going on. I thought that was you, Bob. Let me read your last comment, and then I'll bring you on air. We have about 26 minutes left into our program. But Bob says, just imagine if everyone stopped competing with each other and started cooperating with each other. What a wonderful world, eh? And I love the A part. He writes like he speaks because he is Aussie, and he is from there. And I like (laughs) to add that added extra in there. Bob, hello, my friend. How are you? Uh, I'm absolutely awesome, darling, because um, I am master and commander of my life. So what I create is just magic. Uh, I've created my Garden of Eden. But um, I think you you ladies know my story. I sent you my story. And the show's called Healing Through Hurt. Now, you know, my childhood, the first eight, nine years, I had this shit beaten out of me. And um, and that led to, um, how can I put it, the onset of depression in 1984, and I was born in 52. And so, you know, it was a, that pain of depression that actually drove me to find my own, my own solutions to depression, because, like, you know, um, what I found out was that depression was not an illness, it was just a 
a natural human response from a living human being to living in such a corrupt society as a as a wage slave and also um, I wasn't living my truth I was living the lessons that I'd learned as a child and those lessons I'd learned were mum's always beaten me therefore she does not love me therefore I'm unlovable and it's all my fault and the other lesson was the world's a dangerous place and then the message I got from dad was dad never spends any time with me Therefore, he does not love me. Therefore, I'm unlovable and it's all my fault. So by going back and healing the wounds of childhood, you know, I, I handed all that crap back. But um, I'd, I recorded a show. Um, oh, it was 7 o'clock in the morning my time. Um, so it's, you know, 15, 16 hours before we, when we're talking now. Um you know, I was invited to um, um, take part in a video interview and the topic of discussion was the gift of depression and for me it was it was a gift but I've got an amazing intellect you know my intellect's 150 Einstein is 160 go figure but I couldn't think my way out of depression I couldn't think my way out of depression and I call it the trap of the intellect because for me, the pain of depression was very, very real, but it's not an illness. It was just a spiritual wake-up call, you know, a rite of passage. And the only way I got through it was I had to feel my way through it. I had to get in touch with all the feelings that were still trapped in my body and express them. And luckily I lived on the boat, so it didn't matter. You know, it's not the sort of thing you do in the supermarket. But I got them all out and I cried for weeks and shook for weeks and screamed for weeks and just got it all out and th threw my um, antidepressants away because, you know, <laughs> Big Pharma doesn't want cures, they want customers. And these antidepressants were just keeping the ball rolling because they've all got one common denominator and that's they can cause feelings of anxiety, depression and suicidal thoughts. So I just realized they're a no-brainer, you know. All I'm doing is making billions for these criminals. So, you know, I'm so wrapped with reclaiming my authentic self. And I'm master and commander of my life. And I take full responsibility for this life that I do create. So healing through hurt, yeah. Because every step I've taken, however painful, has brought me here to contentment. Yes, yes. And back back over in our show chat room, Jean writes, interesting, when you don't live your truth, then you won't be living your Garden of Eden. You're going through the motion of life without true happiness, sadly. We are taught to move through life as others expect and not in a way that makes us authentically happy. The first to teach us to move and others' expectations are your parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, then friends, teachers, and bosses. You begin to walk in this world as your representative and not your truth. And that is so, yes. so true. That is so yeah, true. I really resonate with that. For me, looking back, 
I spent the first 40 years of my life chopping off bits of me to fit in with society. And I've spent the last 28 years just going back and gathering up all those pieces of me for, because I now know that in my entirety, I'm okay. I'm okay, you know. And you'd like I quite you. like and me. Like you. <laughs> I quite like me, you know. Me, myself, and I, we get on very well. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I discovered is that I like myself and I, I'm going, you know, I, you know basically that you're a a good person and you now you you going I'm funny I'm this I'm that and the other thing and if you guys don't get me that's okay but I like me and that and it's learning to love yourself is a huge huge step and the forgiving you yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a I love life. hearing it's you talk life. and you know I'm just a simple bloke I'm just a simple bloke but um if I can do it, anybody can. And I can really understand why um, male suicides are so high, you know, and depression is at, at epidemic proportions throughout, you know, across the world. Um, why men are in so much pain is for generations and generations, they've been denied access to their most powerful healing tool, and that's their feelings. For me, it was mm-hmm. it was the feelings that did the healing. I had to dive into my feelings, and 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 that's what that's what moved me through the rite of passage of the pain of depression. Just felt my my through, and you know my, my 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 name is Bob Eden, and I have created my own Garden of Eden. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome. That is. That Thanks, is. ladies. I could talk for hours, weeks, months on this because being authentic, you know, like as John Bradshaw said, the biggest sin of anyone is not to become what you were born to be. Right. Well, when we look at a little, a little mm-hmm. child tottering around, you know, with their starfish fingers and the world's a magical place, and I keep thinking, well, that's how I was born into this life. You know, and that's how we're born into this existence as a magical being. We should move on up from there, but we get the magic beaten out of us. Like by the time kids are eight or nine, you know, the magic's gone and you've just got a robot, a parrot, you know, that's rewarded for repetition and not, and not um, um, open thinking, you know. You get rewarded okay. for repeating somebody else's truth instead of instead of instead of being honored for sharing your own truth. This is a crazy mixed up world. But I'm glad I see through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And I think that I think that this is such a, a um passion filled discussion that probably next week for our cerebral conversations round table we can continue this because like you said, Bob we can talk on this for hours and hours, and because it is, you know, we only have a few moments left in the program, I want to, we're going to be winding this down now, and um, we'll pick it up again next week when we talk about speaking your, living your authentic lives, and that causes yeah. you to speak your truth, and if you don't do that, You'll always live your life, you know, walking through your life with your eyes wide shut. 
and blindfolded and just believing whatever from whomever and doing. Yeah. You're not really living. You're existing. So maybe Shauna and Susan, if you're available, and if everybody's available, let's come back next week for our first cerebral conversations roundtable discussion and finish this. And, um, Gene, we'll work on it. Maybe I'll go back into television at some point. I do. I am thinking about that. I mean, I did well there. Uh, I like the fact that we still have some sense of anonymity through um, talk shows opposed to television. Um, when I did have my television show, I went out one time, and I was at line in a post office or somewhere, and someone recognized me from my television show. And that was the most uncomfortable feeling for me in the world because I like helping people. I like being out there, and I like them to know my voice. But to have a perfect stranger walk up to me and make a he went off. He's like, she does a talk show, and she blah, 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 the whole nine yards. That was not cool to me. Um, but I came from television, and, of course, if need be, I have no problems going back to television. Um Many of you all know that I'm a member, or I, I was a member. I'm not. I'm an active member now of the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, aka the Emmys. So I've been down that road. Um, won a couple. I didn't win an Emmy, but I've been a judge for the Emmys. Um, and all of that's up on social media. My Emmy pin and my IDs and. Um, my statuettes, I've won two tellies for my uh, production and film and video. So, again, I've been around. This is nothing new to me, and if I can't give you my very best, I won't give you anything at all. And uh, Jane just wrote, what is it that I said? As a saying that I say, I always tell people to pick, pick the best of your broken pieces and then create a brand-new masterpiece that is you. And that's what this is about. And this show, my gosh, it took on a life all its own. And, again, we don't script. This is all real people with real stories of real hurt and real healing. As Susan said, she has a story to tell, and we're working with her to get that story ready to tell, um, making sure that everything is done within the boundaries of the law. Um, she has me for that now. Um and, of course, everything that I've done brings us to this point. And our life is about us bettering ourselves for ourselves before we can do it for anyone else. And so many people are used to being mediocre in this world, or as Bob mentioned earlier and Eugene mentioned about being in competition. We're here 10 years later because I've never been in competition with anyone and most people have said that this is a standalone, standout. And, yes, there's something about me that people see that draws them to me, and I enjoy having them around. I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, it's a gift from the universe. The universe gave it to me. But I had to go through every single fire I went through in order for me to find my personal flame. And I want to thank you all for your kind words. I want to thank you for believing in all of this. But without you, there would be no real discussions. This is what makes us great. This is what will carry us on until each the last one of us takes our last breath because we're giving the world back 
the positive that we got out of all of our negative experiences. And that's the difference. And people, it won't come natural to them because so many people have been conditioned to be those drones, to be things that are done where someone tells them how it should be done. So we'll always be standalone and stand out. And everyone has a story to tell, and this is the platform to tell our stories. Bob, one of these days, and I know it's very early in the morning where you are, um, your story is something amazing, and it needs to be told. Uh, Susan and I, we've been in conversation over her journey that's just recently. One, the, the, the major phase of it has just ended, but again, we will talk about the best way to present it and get everything where it should be. So with that said, we have about 12 minutes in the program. I want to give you all someone I'm getting feedback, so could you mute your phone? I'm not sure what I'm hearing, but um, thank you very much. We got quiet there. So I'm going to say this. Our number is 202-618-2556. You can reach me on our websites, thewallfoundationinc.org. By the way, the Wall Foundation is the driving force that funds all of our programs, both virtual and real world. And the Wall Foundation is an IRS-approved and recognized 501c3 nonprofit. Some point during the year, we try to have fundraising drives to keep all of our programs going. Uh, We will let you know about those well in advance so that you can, if nothing but to spread the word and see if people want to invest in something positive in this very negative world. That would be a blessing as well. But 202-618-2556, thewallfoundationinc.org, and my website is cmariawall.com. All of our sites do have contact forms there. Uh, If you want to Write to me directly. It is let's grow at cmariawall.com. It's let's grow at cmariawall.com. Um, I'd love to take us on the road, by the way. Um, Susan, if you know anybody who wants to pick up some good people for um, agents' work, um, I'm ready to talk about the book again. I'm ready to get out there and start speaking again. I'm ready to get this on the road. I think focus, by the way is an acronym. It is a trademarked acronym. It stands for Females Offering Clarity, Unity, and Success. We bring together males and females, young and old, to help solve the problems throughout the world. And as I said earlier, before some of you had come on, welcome to the Ivory Coast, who are now joining our listening family throughout the world. So many people are content being local, I was never content being local. I wanted to touch as many people on this planet before my time was up, and we continue to do so. So thank you for that as well. Susan is in Oregon. Bob is in Australia. Eugene is in VA. Um, Sean is in Ohio. I'm in Maryland. We are all over the place, literally people, both um, nationally and internationally. So, again, I want to thank you all. Thank you for being here for this celebration. Um, Shauna, you want to give any lasting words? We have nine minutes, so we're going to go around the room and let everyone have last words over in our show chat room. Bob says, 
I do not compete for I have nothing to prove for I am content with me, eh? Yes, you're absolutely right. And I believe (laughs) that by us sharing our stories, we help to heal each other. And that is true because I always said we're all walking this journey together. And in the beginning, I told my my stepdaughter, I said, you know, I want to apologize. These things, you might hear some things that we haven't discussed before. And I understand that we've shared much, and there's still much to be shared. So we're going to continue our discussion. Hopefully you all be back next week for our Cerebral Conversation segment. And um, Bob says, I'm 68, and I have no problem with aging, but I have no intentions of ever growing up. And that's right. I always talk about never lose your sense of childish wonder. So, Shauna, I'm going to move it up to you. And then, Susan, I'm going to turn the mic over to you. And for those of you in the chat room, if you have any last, any um, ending words, type those, and I'll be sure to read them before I give, of course, my ending statement of how I want to pray each and every one of you enough. So, Shauna, take it away. Hey, everybody. I just want to say these last 10 years of my healing journey has allowed me to become Um, to grow into the woman that I am today. I can look in the mirror today and say that I love you. And I hope and I challenge each and every one of you to embrace this journey, this healing journey that you're on. Seek the help that you need along the way. And I encourage you to stand in front of the mirror and not look at the flaws as a negative, but look at them as an opportunity to grow and to become who you need to be so that you can turn around and help others get to where they need to be. I am happy with my journey. My journey is continuing. But the thing is, you never stop. You never stop healing. You never stop growing. So with that said, I'm going to leave my family. I love you. Go in peace this week. Until we talk next time, I'm Shauna Gunter-Stevens. If you need to call me, just call me. Shoot me a quick text message, 216-990-9080. And I love you guys. And thanks for joining us, Susan. I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, wow, this has been amazing, and um, I think I'm, as I'm listening to all the different uh, feedback and everything, it's the collectively the brain power. I've always, I've worked in teams when I was a child advocate, and if we're all focused on the the same thing collectively working together and bringing to the table I'm not the attorney and I'm don't have to be because somebody else might be the attorney and have that expertise that makes us think about things that we wouldn't even have thought about so I welcome the brain power and that's out there and it's been really interesting and hearing the different aspects of this so I will um, look forward to, to talking to you privately so we can continue on how that's going to go and yeah um, yeah so I'll leave it at that thank you so much thanks Susan and um over in our show chat room closing out Bob says everyone holds a piece of the puzzle so heal yourself heal the planet eh and Jean says I realize (laughs) that true happiness involves Embracing your authentic self, regardless of what others may think of your authentic self. Those who do not mesh with the authentic self will remove themselves from your existence. 
thereby increasing your happiness, or you remove them from your existence, whichever way works. Um, Bob says, what other people think of me is none of my business. My life is none of theirs. And Jean says, it's important to stay authentic so that you can continue to the rest of your days, as Bob says, living in your Garden of Eden. We all deserve heaven on earth and not the hell others attempt to bring. That is a great way to end this segment. I want to thank you all for being here uh, again, as always. Um, I want to pray each and every one of you enough. I want to pray you enough sunshine to brighten those rainy days, and I want to pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautifully. I want to pray you enough smiles to turn a frown you've been carrying around upside down, but most of all, I want to pray you enough strength and courage to face whatever may be coming your way or at your door at this very moment and beyond. I am. A good person. I have a great heart, and so do each and every one of you within the sound of our voices. We are good people. This is a great show. We have been here for 10 years, and we're planning on being here for 10 more years and beyond. Join us here every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here in the USA. And I'll tell you, if Bob can stay up this late to join us from Australia, hey, Sometimes you need to make the hard decisions and do what's best for you so that you can heal through your hurts too. And we do that by working collaboratively and sharing our authentic truth. So until next time, I am Dr. C. Hey, C. Maria Wall, a.k.a. The Mediator and Shiro right here at our ground zero, wishing you all the absolute best. I have to get up and get going, get dressed, and prepare to hit the road. So until next time, be well, be blessed. Thank you for being here. Be looking for the rest of the stories from all of us as we move through this journey with you. So until next time, Bob says, see you next week. It's coffee time. Yay. Yes, it is. So I will be going out. At some point, I will be having a... um, a uh, lunch meeting. So again, I'm hungry. I'm tired. It's raining here. I don't want to go out, but I have to. So I'm going to make the best of this day. So as we begin, we will end with Tori Lee's good music. See you all back here again next week. Thank you, Jean. Thank you, everybody. Be well, be safe out there, and I will talk to you and see you soon. I get lost in your words, it feels so good when I'm hurt, take my mind off of the pain, love when the beat takes me away with only good Listen all night Melody, the
everybody goes so crazy. A time of man, I love beat. It's the way the music comes over me. The emotions I get, I won't fight. Sometimes the music is sure to make you cry, then dry your eyes. You know when the music is the way you can hide. But I, I get lost in your words. It feels so good when I'm hurt. Take my mind off of the pain. Love when the beat takes me away with only good music. Oh, oh, oh. With only good Please don't stop the music Cologne strum my pain with the fingers I could really use it Quiet storms full of purple rain My Sharia more lovely as a summer day I'll let the whispers follow Marvin Gaye In my headphones till the music starts to fade away I give away my brown sugar for a bit of pop If love really was a bullet, I'd have took the shot Yeah, uh Now would you buy me a drink just to take me home? Put your game in a song just to make me moan. I like my Robin Thicke. 